0: Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to episode 94 of Three Point Podcast. The three of us will do a deep dive into the Michigan sports scene with a view from three different generations, and when I say a deep dive, it's a Detroit Lion deep dive. We're recording this immediately after the Lions' tough loss to Oakland, so bear with us. Our trinity tonight includes Matt Burns of ESPN in Charlotte, North Carolina, and Jared Fattel of Grand Valley State University, and Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids. I'm Ted Fattel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5. The Castle and our partners include the Corona Connection, Card Service Michiana, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Sheridan Auction Service, and ProMech Engineering. Our Sportsnet Michigan Radio Network syndication teammates include Sports Radio Detroit and WJSZ. And also help us continue to grow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud and all the other big podcast hosting sites. You can also follow us and hit us up with your comments and questions on social media at 3 point Pod. While well, we're going to have some fun with this one, we'll get it rolling right after these important messages.
1: Together we'll make history
0: Three point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. 85-90, 95-100, All right, guys, before we talk about the Lions, let's get caught up a little bit on what we've had going on. Uh, I know there's it's been a busy weekend with college football and everything else going on, but I think the big news in this uh, this threesome is Jared getting a new ride. Tell us a little bit about that, Jared.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I was surprised on Friday morning when my mom let me know, I woke up to this text, that I was going to be receiving my grandpa's car, which... <laughs> For a lot of people, they probably would hear that and say, "That sounds horrible. Like, what did you do wrong?" And I would normally agree with that. It's not the it's not the shiniest car. It's not the sweetest car. It's like a 2005 Impala, I think, or something of that sort. But compared to the car I was driving, which was called by my coworkers a death trap, it was quite a uh, improvement. So I'm glad with the new ride. It's quite a whip.
0: Yeah, uh, Gramps. Gramps took care of things, you know. So you got uh, a, It it only has, I think, a hundred thousand miles on it. Yeah. it. It runs perfect. New tires. What more could you ask for? Let me.
2: I you're a little bit. You're kind of in the middle. Okay. Was the who do you think got the better end of this deal? A thousand dollars for that car.
0: Oh, you you got you got a great deal. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: was gonna say if if he's like most people of that generation, you
3: know, older generation, even even your generation, Ted. They take care of their cars pretty well. Yeah. Keep up on the oil changes, washing it, you know, all the general maintenance and stuff. So, yeah, even
0: if it is a 2005. Oh, yeah, it's a solid ride. And I'll I'll tell you another thing, you know, I think it kind of evens Jared and I up now because I think I remember a while back on one of our podcasts him accusing me of ripping off my dad on a riding lawnmower. So, (laughs) you you got the better deal now. Well, the problem
2: with that is whenever you go over to Gramp's house. It seemed like every other day the, the yard was way too long. And it's just funny how you ended up having this this riding lawnmower that he somehow didn't need anymore. But, yeah, his yard was always a little bit uh, higher than it should be.
0: Heck, I'm surprised you didn't get the car full of uh, the backseat full of groceries and food he wants to get rid of, donuts and stuff. <laughs> he does do that. You know, for my weekend, uh, you'll love this too, Jared. I'm hanging out with uh, one of the granddaughters again. We had our first overnight with Harper and uh everything couldn't have gone any better i'll tell you what they are entertaining but uh boy you got to be on your toes with these little toddlers running all over the place that's for sure they don't give you much rest till it's bedtime
3: they they don't give you much rest but I, you must have forgotten that from from when your kids were that
0: age, apparently <laughs> a little bit. But I will have to say this: I had a, I had to crack up a little bit watching my wife in operation. Uh, when when uh, one of my nephews, one of Jared's cousins, was uh, was a young kid, my wife took care of him. This is Casey and. I had flashbacks to how she talks to Harper and how she used to talk to Casey. I mean, she's a she's just a great grandparent and a, and a, and a great babysitter, if you will. But uh, it, it's interesting when you see these things come flying back at you after many years, 20 years. So it, it was a lot of fun.
2: I'm not going to lie. I don't imagine you being very helpful when it comes to taking care
0: of the granddaughter. Well, I guess the, we'll, we'll have to leave the jury out and ha- ask my wife. But I thought I was very helpful. <laughs>
2: What is what's? It? Do you have any examples of things you did
0: that helped? Oh yeah, sure. I you know I helped feed her at the kitchen table and played with her on the living room floor while my wife was doing other things. Uh, my wife was trying to get ready today, you know, to uh, to go uh, to church, and I was watching her before church. And uh, and what's cool is you know. Even though we're sort of long distance, we're even going to be longer distance as Amy and the family are moving out to uh, back to the Washington, D.C. area around Thanksgiving time. So it's going to be a little tougher for us. But it's really neat when, you know, one-year-old grandkids really know who you are and and have no issues. You know, you, you would think sometimes a kid that age might get really whiny and want mom and dad on an overnight deal, but, uh, she couldn't have been any better. I mean, it was just, it was fun. It was a, it was a blast, you know, and we're reliving our youth through the grandkids.
2: It's funny how when you say that, it doesn't sound like it. You say it was a blast, but from the tone of your voice, it doesn't sound like it was a blast. <laughs> no,
3: it's, it's funny. He always says that from the tone of your voice. I don't know. I'm picking up that you're a proud grandparent. I mean, the way I hear it is you have fun with your grandkids. And like you said, maybe one of the best parts about being a grandparent is, to have all that fun, but then, yeah, you get to give them back, you know, after a day or two or whatever, so. Oh, yeah. I, it sounds like, to me, you love being a grandparent.
0: Oh, it's awesome. There's nothing better, you know, and I can't wait. In fact, I got a text today from uh, my daughter, Jessica, and she wants us to do a little babysitting service uh, the Friday after Thanksgiving, so I, I think we're, we're doing pretty good on it. You know, we're not overbearing as far as the babysitting, but we're getting just enough to where uh, you know, we're having some fun, so I love it. I
2: think you, I think you did this all wrong you should have the first once the first time you babysitted overnight or babysitted in general your granddaughters it should have been a terrible experience <laughs> where they they did not have a good time you did not do a very good job because now that it's proven that hey they can go to you basically whenever they want to watch the kids and you have to say yes pretty much you're in a bad spot now where you're now basically the babysitter out on the weekends now.
0: I never thought of that. But I guess, you know, you have something to look forward to because you're right in the prime of your life. you got stuff going on all the time. When you get to be my age, hell, there's nothing like it. I mean, it's it's something to do now for a change. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad my goes. life is, Jared. What can I tell you? <laughs> How about you, Matt? I, would you, do you have anything good that's happened this last week? I know you've been busy.
3: Anything good that's happened? Uh, well, you know, had to work. Had college footballs in full swing, college basketball. Ran a 5K on Saturday morning, so that was cool.
0: I did see that
3: beat the time that I was hoping for, so that I was I was happy with that. But um, yeah, just college football and college basketball.
2: It's just it's Easy. crazy right now. Our, our schedules at work.
0: I bet Jared has a comment about your running.
2: I, it's, it's almost because it's so expected that I don't want to say something. <laughs> I mean, we already had this debate a few pods ago about you know we obviously have different. Views on whether five K should be run or not. Um, I did notice that your daughter was on the Marty and McGee Halloween. What was yeah. it like? The Halloween show. How did that come about? That was awesome. What exactly did she do?
3: She was on Marty McGee, but she's actually she's been on Sports Center a few times, and she's been on Marty McGee and a couple other shows a couple times too. So you know, a l- little humble brag there. She's been on national TV a handful of times, but for for that one specifically, they just. They sent an email out to everyone. It was their, like, Halloween special, you know, and they had to be all dressed up. They were dressed up and everything, and they they told employees to bring their kids in, and they did, like, a trick-or-treat thing. You know, the kids, like, trotted around the studio yeah, did the parade. and McGee handed out candy, so it wasn't anything crazy. Went up there and got some candy and stuff. She was dressed up in her Halloween costume, but... Yeah, she killed it. She's like a pro at this point, I guess.
0: <laughs> that's awesome, man. <laughs> Nothing like a little national TV exposure. That's that's very cool. Do,
2: do you think does it like register to her that she's on TV? Does she kind of realize what that is, or what? How does that? What is that about? When
3: yeah, when we were there, like when we were in the studio, when we were like taping it, when when the show was going on, I don't think she really got it. She like all the cameras and lights and everything. She was you know staring at them, but she was more worried about trying to get candy at that point. We got home. We did watch it when the show aired, and I think she, I mean, she seemed like she put two and two together that like, because I mean, she got excited when she saw herself on TV. She was just yelling, like, there I am, I'm on TV and stuff. So, I mean, I, I think it clicked with her that she's up there.
0: That's awesome. Now, how old is Claire now? Is she four or five?
3: She's almost four next week, or well, actually, in a few days, she's, she's
0: turning four. Wow. Crazy. Time flies, man, but she's a little cutie for sure.
3: Uh, she's
2: a handful.
0: <laughs> well, we're all caught up on our personal life. We're going to have kind of a tight well, show tonight. You got something else you want to add there, Jared?
2: Yeah. Uh, so, as you, guys, as, you, as you guys remember last week uh, at the Michigan-Notre Dame game, I was pelted with a towel, at, at which I said, sometimes I feel like my life is a hidden TV show. Well, another one of these, yet again, another thing happened this weekend. So, I was at the Muskegon versus Marquette football game. Okay. And Little do I know, I was there for about the whole first quarter shooting highlights for uh, my job. And I check on Twitter after the game, and there's a picture of P.J. Fleck standing on the sidelines. And I was literally standing right next to him at the game, and I had no idea. He wasn't wearing Minnesota gear. He wasn't wearing anything. And it just made me feel like such an idiot. Because if there's one guy, like Tom Crean, that one kind of bummed me out. But if there was one guy who I'd have liked to have just, I don't know, shook his hand, I guess, it was P.J. Fleck. And I just had... It's like my awareness is zero. I had no idea he was standing right next to me that whole time.
0: You were concentrating on the job. I think your employers would be happy.
2: <laughs> Literally right next to me. I can't overstate <laughs> that. He was right next to me.
0: And you never knew it until after the game?
2: After the game. Until so I saw it on Twitter, a picture of him.
0: Oh, my. Were you in the picture? Do you know?
2: No, I but, but where that picture is taken, I might have to retweet it. on my. Uh, and, uh, we can get it on 3 point pod Twitter feed. But I was... I must have been standing right behind the guy that took the picture because it was right where I was, right on the sideline, right on Muskegon's side, and he was wearing, I don't know, it's like Italian goose, it's their little, the red, the, the logo is like a red goose, it's like super expensive coats, he is like decked out in all that gear, and it's just, you wouldn't expect to see like PJ Fleck on the sideline, it's funny how I know exactly what he looks like, I would recognize him, but when you see him, it just doesn't click in your brain because you just don't think, why would he be here? And it's just, I don't, it was embarrassing, to say the
0: least. So what, so what was the backstory? Who was he there recruiting? Somebody from Muskegon, I would assume.
2: Well, Muskegon, so listen to this stat line for Muskegon's quarterback, Cam Martinez, 253 yards, seven touchdowns in the first half. He's an <laughs> wow. Ohio State commit. So a lot of people are thinking he's trying to flip him uh, from Ohio State to Minnesota.
0: Wow. Uh, we'll yeah. see.
2: Yeah, he's a stud.
0: I guess so. Well, I know they've, they've got a.
3: Muskegon has a bunch of studs, so he might have been there looking at a few guys.
0: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, probably.
2: I mean, they're number 18th in the country right now, so
0: yeah, they got a hell of a program and uh, just amazing. In fact, one of our good buddies, Tony and East, coached there for a number of years, won some state championships. Uh, that, that's that's a powerhouse program in state of Michigan high school football, without a doubt.
3: It's kind of off the wall a little bit, but kind of along those lines. Jared, you mentioned Muskegon's 18th in the country. High school games now, teams will play, I think we talked about it at the beginning of the season. I had to do some high school games. It was like a team from New Jersey versus a team in California. And so, like, you know, traveling across the country, I guess I kind of forget, or maybe, I, I don't know, whatever, just, it's, I don't know, I, I guess I forgot that the MHSAA has rules that teams in Michigan can't travel outside of the state to play. Right. Yeah, because you would think, like, that would be, Muskegon would probably be one of the teams, you know, to put, the talent on display, and go play a team, even if it is just like Indiana or Ohio or something like that. That's crazy. I don't, I don't know. Ted, it's not,
2: you're kind of you know immersed in the MHSAA world. Why? Why? What are the positives to having that rule in place?
0: I honestly don't. I, I don't know. You know the storyline you always get from the MHSAA. Oh they're just an organization to do what the schools want them to do so apparently there's been uh, probably polls put out there in the you know the 720 schools in the state of Michigan and the majority of them don't want to allow that I guess I I, I have no idea the logic doesn't make a lot of sense to me either and I don't think it's a, a a steadfast rule I think teams you know like Gladstone on the edge of the Upper Peninsula I think they play Wisconsin schools and I think teams in the southern part of michigan they play maybe you know indiana schools periodically so i'm not sure i'll I'll look into it though for our next podcast how's that because i should know that since i am the the local high school guy
2: what what was honestly i I just was thinking about this watching this muskegon just absolute whooping of marquette marquette imagine on selection sunday marquette (laughs) They're so excited to hear their names called, and then you hear, "Oh, I got to travel nine hours to go play Muskegon, who's number 18th in the country." And this game was, oh, it was like 50 50 to zero at halftime. Oh. It just, I can't imagine making that bus ride nine hours down, knowing the game's over from the time you step on the field, and then driving all the way back.
0: Yeah, I just <laughs> not good. Heck, when you said that matchup to begin with, I was thinking, "Wow, Marquette against Muskegon." I didn't realize it was that bad. So the second half clock never stopped at all, did it?
2: Like, as, as somebody who was shooting highlights, I was there for probably 10 minutes.
0: just
3: You're there to get three or four touchdowns. You had that in the first quarter, it sounds
2: like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Well, that does catch us up on the weekend. And, uh, you know, let's get into some lion talk before we do. I just want to remind our listeners about the Corona Connection. The Corona knows it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at CoronaConnection.com, an advanced elevator company. They feature top expert field technicians. For installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators, definitely an area business leader and longtime supporter of the Corona Public Schools. They're a proud partner here on 3 Point Podcast, and they salute the Cavalier volleyball team looking for another deep tournament run. That starts this week. Well, this week the Lions had a great opportunity to move up in the standings as everybody in the division lost, and Lions lost a heartbreaker, had it all the way down to the one-yard line late Went for the tying score and it just wasn't meant to be, and it gives you that sinking, same old lion feeling again. Once, one more time. What'd you guys think of the game?
3: I mean, the game. I, I don't know. Like Spielman and Stockton, afterwards, they were saying that you know it was it was an entertaining game, and it was. Mm-hmm. It was an entertaining game, I guess. But you know, it was another one of those where it seemed like the Raiders were trying to give the Lions every chance that they could to win. Like yes. Gruden calling the timeout. Or whoever called the timeout for the Raiders, it may not have been Gruden, but, you know, on the goal line, giving the Lions a chance to set a play up. So it just seemed like it was one of those where it was like the Raiders were trying to say, here, Detroit, like, take this from us. And, you know, that the play call on fourth down, you know, obviously it didn't work out. Seemed a little weird that they took Galladay and Marvin Jones off the field, their two best receivers, and threw it to their basically their third string tight end. And, you know, if it, like I said off air, talk, talking to you, Ted, if, if they would have completed it, it would have been cool. It would have been like, oh, great play call. You know, you caught him off guard. But when you see it play out, it's like, what What kind of play was that? It was just really strange.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, you watch this team, and Jared and I were down on them after that Arizona loss, and they they just still can't seem to get it done when you when the good teams really need to. I mean, you know, you got Stafford, you know, throwing darts, you know, had another great game statistically anyway, and you got two wide receivers over 100 yards and and then to come up with that play, it just it, it is a head scratcher for sure. But I think the Lions I think we stick with them. I think this year is probably uh, you know, a lost cause especially in the division they're in. They still could maybe make a little noise, but I think if they if they stay the course, and this is the the Lions' story year after year, if they can fill a few more holes, you know this team could be pretty good in the next couple of years with Stafford still in his prime. Uh, any thoughts on that, Jared?
2: Well, it's, it, like we said before the season started, they're going to have a you know seven and nine, eight and eight season where they miss the playoffs, and that's just the worst spot to be in. That's not where you want to be. You want to either be bottoming out like the Miami Dolphins or the New York Jets or you want to be in playoff contention Super Bowl contention and here we are it just seems like we've been in this middle of the road I just was I just was really hoping that we would just tank this season away before this season even started and yet here we are middle of the road team gonna probably have like a 12 to 15 draft pick and just run it back basically next year and probably have the same exact thing just keep it's like groundhog's day with this team I don't know how it's like it just keeps happening over and
0: over yeah, unfortunately, you're, you're you're correct on that, especially in the, the you know the draft status. But I think the players they have, if they can keep the core group there and keep maybe making a few decent free agent acquisitions, you know, I I think this team maybe can can do some damage down the road. But again, this year it is disappointing. to Be sitting at what three, four, and one right now. And it's always a could have, would have, should have in some of these games that, that they could have won, including this one against Oakland. It just is, it's frustrating. Now you got the Bears who have been just falling on hard times. Who here, the three of us, thinks the Bears <laughs> going to win that game? I'm one of them.
2: Okay, I guess the Lions, you're saying? Yes. I don't know. I mean, I, I hope we. I, I could care less. I hope we lose it. I mean, the thing. I, I guess I don't know how you're so optimistic about the future of this. couple trades here and there. This defense is horrible. Maybe the worst in the league. They're so bad. And, and just Matt Patricia. He hasn't really shown me anything this year that makes me say he's a good coach. And so it basically it just comes down to Matthew Stafford has been playing lights out this entire year and making up for a lot of sins around him. It's basically Matt Stafford in a pile of garbage. Is what this team is.
0: Yeah, well, and it's hard to argue about the defense. I mean, you know, you look, I think they're 31st in the league, which, you know, when you watch them play week in and week out, I'm I'm not just grabbed that they're terrible, you know what I mean? But you look at the stats, they apparently are.
3: Yeah, they're bad, and they, they don't get any pressure on the quarterback. You, you see them – I mean, Patricia obviously knows more about defense than we do or whatever, but it just seems like they're, they're constantly rushing three guys. And Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, whoever it is they're playing, is just sitting back there with all the time in the world to just pick the defense apart. So it's kind of like you know you can't expect these DBs to cover man to man for more than five or seven seconds. And
0: yeah. you know
3: opposing quarterbacks are just torching them because I don't it, they they do have some injuries, you know, on defense, especially on the, the defensive line. I mean, unless you're going after like unless you're tanking for Tua or you know you're doing something like that, you can get value picks in the middle of the draft. I mean, the Patriots get guys in the third and sixth round that end up contributing to the team. So, you know, I'm not in, like, I don't think they should be in full tank mode. I wish they would have done something at the trade deadline that maybe would have helped. But I like Bevel as an offensive coordinator. I'm trying to think of things here that are positive. (laughs) I, I like Bevel. Obviously, Stafford's still in his prime. But I mean he is getting older, so you know, if we keep saying like, well maybe next year, maybe next year, eventually he's gonna be forty years old and we're know. still saying maybe next year. So it seems like we have like the like we wasted Barry Sanders' career and we just can't like land on another solid running back. Thought we had one to carry on Johnson and he just can't stay healthy.
2: Seems like running back is a huge issue for the Lions. Always.
0: It always is, yeah.
2: What is it? What is the deal with us never, ever blitzing? Matt, you're spot on. It makes no sense. It seems like that is so easy for Derek Carr. These immobile quarterbacks who really can't move like Derek Carr, I don't know why you wouldn't just blitz them every single time. It's almost like something, Ted, is this something like in the 1940s that they never blitz? That just kind of <laughs> seems like something they wouldn't do. Like it was witchcraft to blitz.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure I really wasn't around in the 40s. but.
2: <laughs> what in your high school days was blitzing something you did yeah
0: yeah there was blitzing going on yep in the 60s even you know some of the linebackers like butkus and nitschke and some of the other great linebackers yeah defensive defensive teams had blitzing packages for sure you know but you know you watch a college team like uh, michigan and how they mix it up and you never know where where the linebackers coming from or you know or a, or a strong safety, yeah. Lions probably should go to something like that. They need a who is their defensive coordinator anyway? I couldn't even tell you the guy's name.
2: Is that is that is that a bad thing about the Lions, or is that a bad thing about our podcast that we don't know
0: the
2: defensive <laughs> coordinators that we talk
0: about every week? I elect to say it's uh, it's about the Lions.
2: I don't. I mean, obviously,
3: Patricia is the head coach. I think he has control over the defense, but they've got to have a defensive coordinator. I uh would, Yeah. Oh, it's that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's that Pascaloni dude who was. Oh. He was. I forget who he was with uh, a couple years ago, but he was out of the league for a year or two, and then they brought him back. He's been. He's been in the NFL for forty-seven years, and he basically looks like Lee Corso. Yeah, <laughs> this guy's
2: a character. Is he in the box during the games? Is that why there's no? They never pan to him.
0: I don't know. This guy's been in the He's, NFL that long. I thought he was. I thought he was the head coach at Syracuse at one time. Yeah,
3: former head coach of
0: Syracuse. Okay,
3: yep. forty-seven year coaching veteran. Yeah. Wow. So I mean, he obviously he knows defense. You know, he, he knows the game. But I mean, yeah, I, especially with Patricia, you would think those two together they'd be able to come up with some schemes. But yeah. the defense is definitely disappointing, and they do. I think they, they spent money. You know, Lions fans for a while have been saying, you know, you gotta. Eventually, pay some guys. If you want to improve this team, you got to go out and pay some free agents. They did that this year, you know, with Trey Flowers and Justin Coleman. Coleman's been pretty good. Actually, the last couple of weeks, he's kind of dipped off a little bit. Flowers.
0: He played pretty good today.
3: Yeah, he had a solid game, but otherwise, I mean, he's just kind of been all right. Yeah. So, you know, maybe we were, we've been saying this with Michigan too a lot. Eventually, maybe, you know, the players do have to start stepping up, but. When you're rushing three guys and there's five offensive linemen, that's kind of tough.
0: Well, let's, you know, we're midway through the season. Is there any hope at all they can make a, a wild card?
3: I mean, you kind of mentioned it. I think the toughest thing is the division. Yeah. You know, like you said, the Bears are starting to struggle a little bit. But, I mean, the Packers and the Vikings are playing well, even though every team in the division did lose today. But they, they've they got to make up a lot of ground in, in the division, and who knows if they're going to do
0: that. Yeah. Well, you know. the one
2: thing that I've always I've always asked for from the Lions is just to stay in playoff contention until Thanksgiving Day. Give us an entertaining Thanksgiving Day game, which we would have this year against the Bears, and then if you want to lose every game after that, that's fine with me. <laughs> but the Thanksgiving Day, that's our Super Bowl. It is so, I, and it's just, it's it's unfortunate. It's looking like it's just going to mean nothing between two horrible teams. It's going to be the the game on Twitter between the Bears and the Lions, where all of like the national Twitter world is just shitting on how bad these two teams are yeah. which is unfortunate
0: and once again they'll be saying why do the lions always have to ro- ruin our dinner yep. on thanksgiving right <laughs>
2: yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah at least at least
3: usually the lions play that early game yep So if it's a if it's a you know you can kind of get over it quickly yeah and I, I was talking i was texting a, a buddy dan sargent he's a, he's a chronic cavalier alone ted you might remember him
0: yeah, i remember him he,
3: he, yeah he's a listener too he he listens to the podcast but he's a bears guy Huge, huge Bears fan. So we we text quite a bit, and he he's been telling me that how bad Trubisky has been, that the Bears need to start thinking about moving on, maybe even going to Chase Daniel, their backup. Mm -hmm. And I'm just sitting here thinking, probably the recipe to turning his season around is playing the Lions defense next week.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. that'll be the cure. You know, you bring up another team in the league. You know the Lions are struggling. They're about what we thought they would be, but biggest disappointment in the league. You think it's Cleveland? You know what happened there.
2: <laughs> it kind of seems like now, as they kind of seem like a millennial team, where uh-huh. guys like me and Matt would like them, I and you would just absolutely hate Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry and Baker Mayfield. Am I right in in saying that that no, you okay. not, you despise this team?
0: No, you you've known I've liked the I've liked the Browns, and I I actually like Mayfield and they, those other two guys. Yeah, they're fine. I just don't understand why they're losing all the time. Is it coaching?
2: Freddie Kitchens is, is is terrible. I mean, we complain a lot about Matt Patricia, but we're lucky that we don't. Freddie Kitchens makes Matt Patricia looks like look like Bill Belichick. He's <laughs> horrible. And, and just yeah, and I, I the,
3: so I'm definitely I'm definitely with you there, Jared. I think that he you know he came in last year and. When he took over the team or the offensive or whatever, that's when Baker Mayfield like started playing well. So that kind of got him the head coaching job this year. But it definitely looks like a Brady Hoke situation when he came in to Michigan and had some success that first year. But then it was clear he was way in over his head. Yep. I mean, it just seems like they are just a mess. You know, maybe it's like a sophomore slump type of thing for Baker Mayfield. You know, who knows? It might also just be they're not very good. You know, they might just not be that good, but. It would have been more fun. I, it's kind of disappointing that they're not good because that would have been a fun team if they were like leading their division, winning some games, they feel talking trash and stuff. That would have been a fun team to watch.
2: It, it really would have, but I just there's something about the Browns fans being miserable that makes me feel a little bit better as a Lions fan. So I'm, I'm, I'm fine with them keeping the worst uh, program in the entire NFL
0: yeah, oh, and we're kind I of in the same kind of in the same boat, but the one thing the Lions have had going for them, they never left town. You know, poor Cleveland fans lost their team that packed up in the middle of the night, and fortunately they were able to keep the franchise name and get another team, but yeah, I think if there's any team out there or fan base that suffers more, it's got to be Cleveland, though the Lions are right there, you know. I mean, we've talked about it before, since 1957, one playoff win. It's just the record, it's broken. It goes over and over and over. And it, just, it just pisses me off, you know. It pisses me off, and then sometimes I just say, that's my life. That's my life as a Lion fans. What's going to change?
2: The thing that I've always, and it's this is just how my brain works, but you had that whole nice soliloquy right there, and all I could <laughs> think about was how you said, that the Browns packed up in the middle of the night. Why do people always say that? How can you pack up a team at NFL? Like, what does that even mean? That they left in the middle of the night. Everyone says that. What does that mean?
0: Well, I, I I'd have to look up the absolute facts, but I think it means exactly what I said. They loaded up all the equipment into semi trucks in the middle of the night and left town. <laughs> Isn't that was the there case? Be
2: a riot or something if it was announced? I don't know why they did that. I don't
0: well I don't know. I mean there might have been some protest. I'm not sure, but that was that was the story. I'd have to look it up to verify hundred percent.
3: I mean, I'm gonna say that the whole packing up and leaving in the middle of the night thing is like a figure of speech. Uh-huh. I I think it's I don't think like literally it was like dudes in the locker room packing up all the stuff in the middle of the night, and no one knew. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, no, where did all the Browns gear go? They're heading to Baltimore. I don't think it was like that. Uh, Maybe it was. I
0: think we need to do a little research, but you'll have to prove me Uh, wrong. I'm uh,
2: one one step ahead of you. Yeah, it it says right here. They left in the middle of the night while the city of Baltimore – I don't know. It was the Baltimore Colts. Oh, the
0: Colts You got it mixed up.
2: The Baltimore Colts did it. Baltimore Colts – Left, in Mar- left Maryland in the middle of the night while the city of Baltimore slept. So there you go. It, so good that we got to the bottom of that. So but I had my still, scenarios. questions still. I was How, mixed
0: up. So it wasn't the Browns.
2: The type of NFL that you were watching when you were a kid, <laughs> the fact that they were able to pack up an entire NFL team in a couple of semi-trucks, the equi- <laughs> in two semi-trucks, and you can just move your, t- your team, I mean, that product must have just been terrible to watch. <laughs> I
3: was going to say, did knowing, I mean, nowadays, When was that? Mid-90s? When the Browns left? Late 90s? Yeah,
0: that was after the Colts, so I got the two teams confused, but yeah.
3: I'd be very surprised if a team, you know, in in modern times could literally pack up a franchise and leave in the middle of the night.
0: Right. Especially with (laughs) all the media. It's funny to
3: think about.
0: It is bizarre, for sure.
3: Yeah, what are all these? Yeah, there's. Forty semi trucks leaving the the Browns team facility. What's going on over there? Oh, who knows.
0: <laughs> well, either way, the, the Brown fans probably have it a little tougher than the Lions fans, and, and, and you know, and it's it's surprising this season because they had a lot of high hopes, and it looks like it's all dashed at least for this season.
3: The one thing about the Browns is, I mean, at probably their fan base, they do get a little high, like when they they've drafted whatever the list of quarterbacks they've had in the last thirty years. But, you know, like, I feel like their expectations every year maybe are low, except for this year they were expected to be pretty good or really good. But I feel like most of the time their expectations are probably pretty low for their team. Whereas the Lions, like, we've had, you know, it's always like Stafford's one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league. You get Megatron. We have Barry Sanders for his whole career. You know, we we pay some guys on defense. And we have, like, talent. We have these teams that should be good. We have all these games. We have these quote-unquote NFL experts the first four weeks of the season, saying the Lions are the best team in their division. And it's just the same thing every year. So maybe it's a little different with Lions fans
2: and Browns fans. Yeah. I, I will say this, though. Would you guys rather be the Buffalo Bills, four straight Super Bowls, four straight losses? I think that's the worst fan base. Just in terms of just being tortured. I mean, at least with us, we do, we're kind of like the Browns where, you know, our – we've never really had our hopes for Super Bowl we've never had like well this is the year we're gonna win the Super Bowl that's never happened to us so the the letdown isn't quite as bad
0: yeah I know what you're saying that's a pretty good uh, pretty good thing to think about I mean would I want to go to the Super Bowl four straight years yeah but to lose all four boy that'd be that'd be awful tough at least we got something to look forward to that maybe if we ever do make it to the Super Bowl we actually could win it
2: if if I if I could promise you guys that in our lifetime the Lions are going to make a Super Bowl but they're going to lose in a Atlanta Falcons versus New England Patriots up 28 to 3 and then the team that they're playing just comes all the way back and beats them would you want that or would you rather just nope I'm good I'm good with where we're at right now
0: Hm That's a good question and I would if it, it, it would have to be I would say I'm good where we're at
3: I would, I would one hundred percent want that. If you, if you tell me the Lions are going to play in the Super Bowl, I will take that. Even if they lose like they did today, or they lose any other way, I, I will take the Lions going to the Super Bowl. I've been watching them not as long as Ted, but my whole life, and to see them at the Super Bowl, that would be that would be something to see. Yeah,
2: yeah. And, and according to the the thing is, it would it would. It would break up a lot of families in Michigan because I think every single dad promises to their family that if the Lions ever make it to the Super Bowl, they're going to go. It's like the Angels in the outfield. Yeah, like I'll come adopt you if if the Angels win the pennant. And as soon as the Lions actually do make it, then we're not going to go. The writing's on the wall there. Ted, have you made a promise like that to somebody?
0: I made a promise here on Three Point Podcast if they make it to the Super Bowl, I'm going to that city. Whether I go to the game, that remains to be seen. But I am going to party as a Detroit Lions fan, and watch it in a bar. Exactly. That's my plan. Better
3: happen sooner rather than
0: later. Think
3: think about the city of Detroit and, like, the state of Michigan in 2006 when the Tigers finally made it back to the World Series, how awesome that was. mm -hmm. And then they got swept and basically looked like a joke in that World Series. You know, that sucked. But having that memory of Maglio Ordonez hitting that walk-off home run to go to the World Series and getting to watch the Tigers in the World Series again after – Whatever, twenty-two
2: years. That was pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, you might be turning me around on that on the Lions with that kind of thought because it was awesome.
2: At least it would make us, even if they lost, at least it would make you feel something. Mm -hmm. This team, it's just, it's just, it's the same thing. You kind of, you kind of grow numb to it. Honestly, like when they lost the Raiders today, I didn't care. Right. You saw it coming. If they win, so what? You know, they're going to probably blow the game against the Bears next week. So just, just, they don't move the needle for me anymore. Right. Which is sad to think about.
0: Well, if they did make the Super Bowl, one thing's for sure, you would have two weeks of ecstasy, right? I mean, you'd have those two weeks leading up to that game where you'd be flying on cloud nine.
3: And think of, think about the storylines. Yes. If it was the Lions in the Super Bowl for the first time and, you know, everything you've talked about since 57 and all that, mm-hmm. like it would be all about the Lions no matter who they're
2: playing.
0: <laughs> yeah, do you
3: guys, and, then, yeah, do they, you, they'd probably let us down, but, you know. They're...
2: Do you guys actually believe in that uh, the Billy Goat? curse
0: it's the bobby lane it's it's the the bobby lane curse what's
2: the billy go oh that's the Cubs one the bobby lane curse because i tell you what the the way this season's been going where it seems every time we lose it's in heartbreaking fashion i sometimes you just got to start believing in that sort of thing i don't know
0: i think it's the ford i think it's the ford curse myself
3: it's definitely the ford curse
0: yeah we need new Um, ownership for sure I think that's right where it starts and that's where it ends. You know, and I, I yeah, the Fords are all they're you know great people apparently, you know, they've given a lot of people jobs, but man, they don't know how to run a football team in my opinion.
3: I mean, you've said it, since 6 since 57 and what's the one constant since then?
0: Almost. I think Ford bought the team in 61. All right, almost that whole time. Man. Yep. Well, if, 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 if would you want Dan Gilbert
2: uh Quicken Loans guy, big time Detroit presence. Actually, toured his uh, business one time with the basketball with a high school basketball team. Would you want? He's the former Cleveland Cavaliers owner, or he is the owner of them. Would you want him to maybe be the owner? Would you take that
0: trade? Absolutely. Now, I don't. I thought I'd heard something about his health isn't the best or something. But but not hear that. But I I, 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 that might be a rumor. Maybe I just threw that out there. But yeah, a guy like that, why not? They got the money and and they got some. You know, they're they're dynamic. And they hire the right people, because that's where it's at.
3: Yeah. So yeah you I mean, never you about key line so you know they're doing something right there.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: What type of owner do you guys think you would be if you were an NFL or a, just a team owner? Would you be like a Mark Cuban, where mm-hmm. you're at every game, you know, cheering on the team, celebrating, basically you're as famous as the players on the team? Or would you be somebody who we don't even know? Like, like the Fords, where you never, ever see them, never, there's never, the camera's never on them. Which type of owner
0: do you think you would be? I'm definitely Mark Cuban. Yeah, it would be if if the choice was those two, it would be Mark Cuban. I would think it would be probably somewhere, mm, you know, maybe a little south of Cuban, but definitely not completely out of the limelight, not ever talking to the press, you know, like the Fords. You rarely hear anything from them, you know, their thoughts on the team.
3: You don't think you'd be like Jerry Jones, where you hear more from Jerry Jones than you do. (laughs) <laughs> head coach or the defensive coordinator
0: or whatever. <laughs> yeah, would be Jerry Jones. Yeah, he's another extreme for sure. Well, oh, we could only wish. We could only wish, boys. Well, let's talk a little college football if we can move it over there right now. Uh, First of all, though, I'd like to tell you, everybody's looking for a great deal. Go online at SheridanAuctionService.com for info on upcoming auctions. The auction house is jam-packed with all kinds of great items. Stay up to date by checking their website at SheridanAuctionService.com. Sign up for email notifications or call Troy Crow at 989-720-SELL for all the details and also looking for some fun while stop into rivals tap house and grill the official sports bar of three-point podcast weekends are really hot you can cheer on the Spartans Wolverines and Lions awesome food and drink rivals tap house and grill in Corona well that was a good spot to watch the Wolverines as they uh, took care of business against Maryland Uh, you know started off with the opening kickoff never looked back offense still at times I thought struggled but defense looked good and it's another win for Harbaugh and the Wolverines.
3: Yeah, I mean, you you kind of said it. The offense sputtered at at times, but especially because Maryland's defense was ranked second to last in the Big Ten, so you would have hoped to see them go over there and just put up, whatever, four or 500 yards of offense. I mean, they still scored 38, so that's pretty good. But it would have been cool to see them just, like, you know, hitting passes, just looking in rhythm and looking like they were just clicking, like they were against Notre Dame. In that monsoon of a game, you know, last weekend. But whatever, it's a thirty-one point win on the road. Uh, I'll take it.
2: And it's just like, I don't. Yeah, the passing game. Still, I feel like that passing game is really going to come back and haunt us soon. I don't know if it's going to be the Michigan State game or the Ohio, the Ohio State game. But just not being able to just be consistent with our passing game. It, it just, I mean, and it just it just makes me extremely worried about this team. Where even though we're seven and two, which is kind of crazy to look at that after the Wisconsin game, where I'm surprised that we even won a game after that. <laughs> but here we are at seven and two, and just I'm happy with any way we can get a win. But the passing game is definitely very
0: worrisome. Yeah, you know we're all football, former football players. What is the big thing they need to change? Is it you know the scheme? Is it Shea just not connecting with his receivers? How do you see it, Jared?
2: It's, I think it's just that maybe Shea Patterson wasn't as you, you know he kind of came in with a lot of hype because you know he had a visor and he kind of was like <laughs> Johnny Manziel Jr. I think it was a lot more of that than it was actually like what this guy has done on the field. And I think that we just kind of he's he's a game manager. It's basically what he is, and we just kind of thought he was going to be this Heisman hopeful. And I think it's on the fans more than anything. Honestly, it's just that's not what he is, and we just had way too high of hopes, and that's just not what he is. Way too high of expectations. I mean, I-
3: I don't know about that because he he was a five star recruit at IMG in Florida. So he, he was one of the one of the highest rated rated quarterbacks coming out of high school, and in, in his couple of years at Ole Miss, I mean, I remember watching him play at Ole Miss, and he was like a Johnny Manziel type of player. He was he was running around making plays at Ole Miss, and you know, basically because he was playing like he was in high school, and then he came into Michigan and they tried to make him into like a pro style quarterback, and I I don't think. I, feel, I, I think Gaddis is figuring things out. I think, like, you know, we've had Ryan Terpster on. He said the same thing, and other people have said that, like, he's a first-year play caller. He's got to figure things out. To me, I just feel like they just have to pass more. Like, I just feel like you have to do it more. It seems like, yeah, it's cool when, you know, the run game is working like it was against uh, Notre Dame or, you know, a little bit like it was this weekend against Maryland. It's cool to see folks like old-school Michigan football or whatever running the ball down people's throats. Just feel like you have to throw more. I'd love to see just take more deep shots. You know, have a drive where you're literally passing almost every time. But you watch the Lions, and the Lions have adjusted their offense because they know Stafford is just like lights out this year, so they're passing a lot more. So why can't Michigan just try and pass more? And maybe that would open up the run a little bit.
0: Well, you know, and I, I, that's a good point. I think Patterson does throw a good ball. I mean, he he can throw the ball, it's just, it doesn't always click. I will say
2: this: I have, on good authority, uh, may have some inside info at Ann Arbor, in Ann Arbor, that Shay Patterson was at Rick's nightclub Saturday night after the Maryland game. So maybe his mind's elsewhere. I mean, I don't have I have no problem with a player going to, going out and partying after a big victory. But I, someone could draw that conclusion. Maybe his his mind is elsewhere. <laughs> maybe he's got a new girlfriend.
0: Could be, or maybe his old girlfriend's there and he's stalking her. I don't think he has to worry
3: about that. We went that extreme. We went straight to stalking. I mean, yeah, he's a college (laughs) kid who's going to go out and have a good time. But, you know, I just – Tarbaugh said, what was it, after halftime of the Penn State game, this is going to be Michigan's finest hour. And basically since then they've looked really good. They haven't turned the ball over since then. So in 10 quarters, no turnovers. They've got like 500 more yards of offense than their opponent. So, like, the offense is, like, they're playing better than they were, you know, earlier in the year. But, you, like we said, you'd like to see more consistency out of the passing game. Because, yeah, probably against Michigan State, I, I don't know, Michigan State, even if Phil Bocci doesn't play or, you know, if, if he doesn't win his appeal or anything, I mean, they're probably going to stack the box and make Shea Patterson throw the ball. And you know Ohio State's going to have things figured out, too. So, eventually, yeah, Patterson's going to have to beat some teams through the air. Even Indiana, they play Indiana in between Michigan State and Ohio State, and they're seven and two right now. Right, so that's not going to be a cakewalk of a game either. So,
2: like you said, Jared, eventually Patterson's going to have to win a game through the air. Yeah,
0: do we you better... trust
2: him. Let's say let's say Michigan's down by three against Ohio State. Do we? Do you trust Jay Patterson to make a play and lead the team down the field for at least like a game tying field goal? That... I don't think I. I... I'm dumb, but I think I do trust him. I was going to say, and that makes sc- no sense, but I
0: think I do. In that scenario, I would have to because that he's been he was been in a hell of a game against Ohio State, and he's got the ball in his hands, and he's been a competitor all his life. Yeah, that's what you dream of, right? <laughs>
3: yeah, I, yeah. I mean he he showed it against Penn State. He he fought back um, against Penn State, but I definitely don't trust the kicking game. If that was one of your questions, <laughs> I don't trust any of the kickers Michigan has.
0: Yeah, I agree with that i got a silly question, boys. I mean, we kind of threw this podcast together kind of last minute, but let's say that uh, uh, Ohio State beats Penn State and Michigan beats Ohio State. Then it's a three-way tie, right, on their side of the division. Who goes to the Big Ten title game? Well,
3: Michigan would still have because they lost to
2: Wisconsin.
0: Yeah, but they're on the other side. They're in the other division, right?
2: No, Michigan has two losses in the Big Ten.
0: Oh, okay then I guess I'm confused.
2: So I, I get what you're
3: saying. It, cause, yeah, It's in divisions, but it doesn't really work that way like it's divisions. It really doesn't make any sense.
0: That doesn't make any sense at all.
3: Yeah, You would think that Wisconsin loss, as far as the division goes, wouldn't matter. Right. But it still counts as a Big Ten loss. So, yeah, they, they need a lot of help. They need Minnesota <laughs> to pull some upsets, and they need you know, more craziness.
2: Can we get rid of the divisions just in all of college football? Why was that instituted? I don't get that. Because every year of the Big Ten, we end up with Ohio State versus Northwestern, Ohio State versus Wisconsin. And and we've seen it a few times over the years where they just blow them out by 50. Whereas it's been games where it's like, for some reason we have Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan State all on the same side. And the other side is just bare. I don't know why they did that and why just get rid of them.
0: Well, you you almost would think you'd add a couple more teams, one on each side, and you just play division games and then get to the Big Ten championship, you know, without having to play anybody on the other side. Because it is totally not fair. It's just all about the draw and who you got on, on the schedule that particular year. I don't know.
3: Especially because you could you could change the divisions up and you could still, like, we Michigan played Wisconsin this year in the other division. So people said you, you want to keep that Ohio State rivalry going. You want to keep that Michigan State, even the Penn State rivalry going. Well, you can still do those games because teams cross over divisions all the time.
0: Yeah.
2: The thing that – you know what's always bothered me about college football? Scheduling. And we talked about this a little bit last week with the fact that Michigan and Notre Dame aren't going to play again for 13 years. Why isn't there more – because you see it a lot in high school football in the past where Corona would always play a Wasso game one or something like that. Why isn't every year – you see every year with Michigan-Ohio State, last game of the year. Everyone sets their clock to it. Michigan's going to play Ohio State last game of the year. Why doesn't Michigan play Notre Dame every single week one and just dominate the headlines basically all off season going into that week one matchup? I, it just seems like a smart recruiting tool. I don't know why they don't do that.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, I'd love to see that. I mean, I don't know why they eliminated it.
2: Yeah, and it's not necessarily I mean, I just think... the Michigan-Notre Notre Dame. It's just any teams in general, like – just make it uh, a fixture. That this is gonna, this rivalry game or this big game is just going to be game one every single year. I just I don't know. The people smarter than my, smarter than I have decided against that, but it just seems obvious to me.
3: I mean, there's probably a lot of TV, you know, TV money and contracts involved. But yeah, since since Ohio State has always scheduled the last game of the year, so like you could do something like that. But yeah, who knows? It's the ads making those decisions too. I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, in that Michigan game, this was the other thing that was kind of cool against Maryland. It got a lot of publicity on social media. Was that opening kickoff and the uh, the overhead camera shot? That was pretty neat, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, they. I, I wish they would use that. I mean, you can't use it for every play, but there was a game. I think it was on NBC, one of those Sunday night games. Yeah. Earlier this year, that the cameras all went down because there was like bad weather or something, and that was like the only camera they had. I think for like a whole quarter. And it was pretty cool to watch a game from that, like, spider camera for, for a whole quarter or whatever, because that is definitely a cool angle.
2: I've always thought that, that whoever gets to control that SkyCam, I like to just imagine he has like a PS4 controller, just moving it up and down, and it just seems like that would be the most fun job to have in all of, like, sports media, just being able to control one of those for a game.
0: Well, okay, Matt, is that how it works? I would envision that's probably how the camera works.
3: Yeah, that one is basically a yeah, basically a joystick, and... It's one person just controlling
0: that and start, follow the ball. Basically, is what you're told. So. Yeah. And, I, you know, I agree with you, Matt. I think they should, they should use it for replays at least a lot more. Yeah. It'd be cool to see. That's a good angle. Okay. Also, in college football, boys, I mean, I, I've, I saw the stories that there's a lot of talk all of a sudden about Urban Meyer maybe going to Notre Dame and Kelly out and James Franklin going to USC. Is this just a clickbait or is there some truth to this?
3: I mean, I would think at this point it's probably bait because James Franklin is, I mean, he's in national championship contention this year with Penn State, so I'm sure he's not worried at all about what he's doing next year as far as, you know, maybe going to USC or whatever, but i it sure seems like because Notre Dame struggled to beat uh, Virginia Tech this last weekend. It just seems like things are kind of iffy or whatever you want to say at Notre Dame. Urban Meyer always said that Notre Dame was one place he really wanted to coach. It seems like something something might be happening there where they might be able to either buy out Kelly and bring in Meyer or something like that. But I, that, that'd that be wild. If, if Urban Meyer went to Notre Dame, that might, be, that might turn that program around.
0: Well, first of all, thank God we don't play him for 13 years. That's all I can all say.
2: Right. <laughs> Isn't it crazy how just the storylines – it's funny when it's not Jim Harbaugh that this happens to. Where after the Georgia game, Notre Dame went into Georgia and just played just a gutsy game, and just everyone was like kind of praising Notre Dame. It's funny how in a few weeks after that, just because Michigan blows them out, everything changes. Yeah, I mean they just were in the College Football Playoff last year. It's insane to me how first off how spoiled Notre Dame would be if they did end up firing him. Which I I guess if if Urban Meyer like left a message and said I want to come here, you got to fire Brian Kelly. (laughs) You just have to. But it's just insane how fan bases are just they're kind of crazy now that you gotta think about it i mean we're part of one that's kind of crazy and it's just the expectations are way too high it makes no sense
0: oh yeah that's why the i mean the pressure is on these guys and you know you've heard me talk about it with d'antonio you know and that it, michigan state isn't at that level but it's it is intense and the fan bases are insane all across the country
3: yeah i mean you always hear it that fan is short for fanatic and it definitely comes out in college football i mean michigan fans are some of some of the craziest some of the sec fan bases are, are worse than michigan fans but yeah i mean brian kelly i think they're bent they, they benefit from not playing in a conference because they don't have to play like in ohio state michigan you know they don't have to play a schedule like michigan does every year or you know like what alabama or georgia do and they don't have to play that conference championship game but, right, if you told any fan base like You know, every year you're going to be in national championship contention, and every three or four years you're going to make the playoff. I think most fan bases would be okay with that. Mm -hmm. That's that's basically where Kelly has Notre Dame. So, but right to Jerry's point, if Urban Meyer said, "Yeah, write me a check and I'll come coach," you're you're going to buy,
0: buy Brian Kelly out without a doubt. And it's intriguing to me because when you look at Urban Meyer and what he's done at Florida and what he did at Ohio State now you when he moved up from Florida to Ohio State, Ohio State, what you got to say one of the top 4 programs in the country. And if he wanted to just cap off his coaching resume, there's only one job, right? It is Notre Dame. Where else where, where else could you go f- from, you know, Ohio State, Alabama's not going to go anywhere. You know, Saban's staying there, and is there really an appeal to go from Ohio State to Alabama, but to go to Notre Dame, you know, Newt Rockney, George Gipp, all the the history they have at that school. That's the only spot, right, unless he, for some reason, decided to try his hand at the NFL.
2: Or if somebody just paid him an absurd amount of money, (laughs) which I mean
0: just... (laughs) Yeah, I forgot about that.
2: Or if he just wants to go somewhere, how about maybe... When you're Urban Meyer, you can pretty much win wherever you go. So maybe he just wants to go back down south, where it's not he's not facing hail. You know, like we had this weekend up in Michigan, where he's actually just nice and warm year round. <laughs> other things going yeah, to it, other than just football, Ted.
0: Okay.
3: To your point, Jared, about um, fans being crazy, kind of like the opposite way. I saw some people saying whether well, I think it was some Notre Dame fans or just some other people saying that they wouldn't want urban meyer as their head coach because of you know some of the shadiness that's gone on with his programs or because he's left programs because of you know quote-unquote health issues then he comes back to coach seeing some fans saying why would we want urban meyer because he you know has all this stuff in his past i'm just like if you told any fan base you could even have three or four years
2: of urban meyer i think i think most fan bases would be all right with that
0: (laughs) yeah the ones that would protest are the idiots
2: well, let me ask you this: Urban Meyer shows up at uh, at the Ann Arbor campus and says, "I want this job." Jim Harbaugh's out of here tomorrow. What? If you're as a Michigan fan, are you in favor of that, or are you you want Harbaugh?
0: Uh, that's the one exception. No effing way. Really?
2: No,
3: uh,
0: that's kind of hypocritical. That's a tough call, but no, I, I'd say no. Yeah,
2: I, you got to you got to have some principles. I think I kind of agree with that. Some things are bigger than winning.
0: <laughs> Good, that's man. One of them. Good man. Good man. But it's a tough one. That's it's a bit of a I conundrum. Know.
2: Man, I, but now I now I start thinking about this. Well, how funny would it be to just laugh in the face of Ohio State fans, Michigan State fans, just Urban Meyer's coming to Ann Arbor. It'd be like joke all over again back in whenever he was hired 2015. <laughs> it would just be that whole cycle restarting.
0: It'd be a hell of a so, story.
2: it would
3: well, be our luck though? We would you know, we'd be winning our 10, 11 games with Harbaugh, and we fire him to bring in Urban Meyer, and that would be when he, like, loses his coaching touch, kind of like what Lou Holtz did, you know, at the end of his career or whatever. We'd go dip back to losing 78 games or winning 78 games when we get Urban Meyer.
0: Right. Well, I told you. I, I told you this a week or two ago, man. I'm all in on Harbaugh. I'm I'm riding it out with him, you know, whatever it takes. He's my man. So let's...
3: I, I am, too, and, you know, The thing is, is Jared, you just said it. We haven't talked about it in this sense. You know, you just said, you know, sometimes there's more to it than winning or however you worded it. But I don't think it's maze and blue shades. You know, I'm not wearing the the maze and blue shades right now, but I really feel like he's he's running like a good, clean, strong program while winning 10 games a year. And there is something to that. It's the same with Beeline. That was part of why we love Beeline. He was getting to the Final Four in a a couple national championship games, so that helped, and he was winning the Big Ten so that definitely helped, but he was running probably the cleanest program in America while winning, and it sure, it seems like Harbaugh is really doing that, too, so I, you know, I think, you know, personally, I think there's something to that. I I like knowing, at least maybe hoping that Harbaugh is running a really clean program. See, I kind of
2: view that in a different, I agree, there's, you do get some solace at night, uh, knowing that they're, I mean, as clean as a college football program can be, I guess is what I would say to that, but the thing I love about Harbaugh being our coach, and I've said it before on this podcast, I think, is that I just love how he's always, I mean, there's a reason Paul Feinbaum, Colin Coward, Joel Klatt, it seems like Joel Klatt talks about Michigan every single week on the Colin Coward show. Mm-hmm. And I just love how he's always in the news, whether it's good or bad. I like being talked about. And for the other teams we root for, we're never talked about. The Lions, the Tigers, uh, the Red, like, just you're, we're never in the national news. The only team that ever is is Michigan. So I and then on basically only Michigan football for that matter. So that's why I like him being there.
0: That is an outstanding point, young man. I like that.
1: <laughs> yes. Approval from to Uncle Ted. Ted. <laughs> Uncle Ted. <laughs> Uncle agreement. Ted says yes. <laughs> uh,
0: oh man. Hey, before we move off college football, uh, it was not a real good week for Michigan State, was it? I mean. Are we just narrowing it down to a week? Well, yeah, it's been a year, but it was funny when Jared hit me up or hit us both up with a text, what the hell's going on in East Lansing? (laughs) I hadn't heard the news yet. And then to hear about Joe Bocce, that just piled on to everything that's been going on that season.
2: There is nothing like the rush of breaking news. Bad, especially bad news about Michigan State. I sent that to basically everyone in my contacts. I loved it. It's it's sad to see. And it, just like Michigan State, we've I've kind of said this before, I'm sad to see kind of D'Antonio's program go down this hole because I liked competing against them. I liked having a good matchup every year. But, man, this season has just been a season from hell. If you could have told me before this season that, you know, they're going to be where they're at in the wins and losses and that Joe Bocci is going to test positive for steroids, I wouldn't have believed you. It just it's, it's almost like too good to be true in my eyes. It is a nightmare for Michigan State fans.
0: Yeah, it is.
3: And you know what? They still get to play Michigan. And if they yep. go into Ann Arbor and beat Michigan and kind of ruin this slow run that Michigan's on and say this is Antonio's last year and he had that, all of this other stuff is forgotten because they beat Michigan.
0: Without a doubt. And I'm so scared that it's going to be the scenario that you talked about that he's going to finally make up his mind and tell the team behind closed doors <laughs> that this is my last year and my last game against Michigan boys. Go win one for the D'Antonio. Oh, boy. In the big house. In the big house. You don't think that is could that, happen? I think there's is, a great chance yeah. that could happen.
3: Of course, I will say of this course though, it could happen. I mean, you, Jared, this isn't like trying to take a shot at you for being young, but, I mean, Ted, you remember the <laughs> some of those games in the 90s that – Michigan was clearly the better team, and Michigan State still went out there and won, or at least kept it close. Yeah. I mean, you, you can never write off Michigan State in that game. Now, Michigan might end up winning by 24 or 30 or something like that, but Michigan State's not going to
2: lay down.
0: <laughs> oh, they're going to come out to play, without a <laughs> doubt. I
2: liked how you said not to, like, because you're young. Ted's probably listening to that like, what? <laughs> young? Like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I didn't word that the right way. But he's he's, he's, he's thinking it's preposterous to so be getting made fun of for being young. But is there any part of you guys that thinks that maybe Bocci, this is kind of a m- messed up uh, drug testing where he wasn't actually, you know, taking PEDs? Where, because, I mean, Michigan State is planning to appeal it. So, I don't. I mean, do you think that there's any – truth to maybe he didn't do anything wrong
0: well I didn't hear him my gut feel is the way he reacted and it didn't sound like he just adamantly came out and said there's no way you know he didn't take a real hard stance I I got a feeling that he's done for the year
3: yeah I mean I think it's kind of like you know doing their due diligence and appealing it
0: Let's, Mm -hmm. let's
3: see if we can win an appeal but yeah like you said Ted he didn't come out right away no way! I didn't do this. You know, or there was nothing like that. He actually like issued an apology for putting his team and yes. everything like that
0: through it. So now, if, whether it was if they want it. whether it was steroids or something else, you know, I mean, I haven't even heard the story that oh, I didn't know that was in the supplement I was taking, or you know, usually the story you get right. So, but I mean, it, it just it, when it rains, it pours, and yeah, it's just a uh, just a killer for state. And they, like you said, Matt, I mean, it could all turn around if they. Figure out a way to win in Ann Arbor.
2: Yep. Do you do you guys have, like, a problem with players taking steroids? Let's say that it wasn't illegal. Would you have a problem with it? Because I honestly don't think I would. It's their life, you know, if it's their way to the NFL. I've got no problem with it. The technology and doctors, like, I feel like there's enough out there where it can be done smartly.
3: I do think that I, football is one sport that I don't necessarily have a problem with it. Not as much of a fan of it in just because, I mean, it's already a violent sport, and if you're, these dudes are already bigger and faster than Dick Buckus and those guys that Ted was talking about earlier. <laughs> and if you're taking steroids and you're you're going to start going and cracking heads all hopped up on juice, I mean, you you can do some like permanent damage and you can really injure some people. So football is the one sport that I'm not really a big fan of. It baseball, though, like you said, Jared, it's your body. I mean, it it's entertainment. If you would think about when McGuire and Sosa were going through that home run chase, that was the best baseball was in probably 100 years or whatever. So, yeah, if you, you want to damage your body and do that stuff and hit the ball 500 feet, I'm I'm fine with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough for me morally to, to go for it, but I, I, I tend to agree that if you're an adult and you're making a living at something and there's something that can enhance your performance – I guess why not, right? I mean, I think there are worse things out there. I mean, I, I you know, and I know we have listeners that are big time MMA fans. I've talked about it before, and I'm just maybe I'm just an old codger, but I just cannot believe that it, that sport is legal. I mean, it's it's like humans cockfighting, you know what I mean? I mean, it's just, it's just and I know human beings can make their own decisions on things, but just to see how violent that sport is, it just blows my mind.
2: Yeah, I mean, we haven't really had. We haven't really been able to see what the long term effects of. You know, we haven't had like a Muhammad Ali story, right? Where you can see how just constant blows to the head of kind of, you know, obviously kind of. What did he end up having? What was the? Well, yeah, he had
0: Parkinson's, having? but Muhammad Ali yeah. wasn't the only one. They used to call it punch drunk. I mean, there were so many professional boxers that, like Leon Spinks, and some of these other guys that they they had their head hit so much. That their older days. Joe Frazier is another one. You know, you couldn't even hardly understand them when they talked.
2: I will say this, and this just shows you that maybe I've learned a thing or two at college. What's, what, so? Let's say this: What if steroids were just used if a player got injured and they wanted to come back from injury uh, faster, similar like to kind of like a Tommy John surgery? Mm-hmm. So back when the first Tommy John surgery was done, that's basically it was this whole new surgery. It was crazy at the time, and then it just and now everyone does it. Why not? What if we look back on steroids as the same sort of thing? Where this is clearly like the best way to become healthy faster. Like, why not do it? I don't know. Did
0: that that make any sense whatsoever? No, no, it Uh, does. It does make sense. I guess the only drawback is how do you control it? Because you also know if you if you abuse steroids, it's just going to make you a maniac, a a Hulk, right? I mean, for injury, for for repairing injuries, it's been proven that it does work.
3: Yeah, I mean that's. Andy Pettit when he got busted, that's basically what he said. He was one that actually came out and said, you know, right away he said, Yeah, he did. He used it for recovery purposes. He wasn't using it to get like bigger, you know. Right. It doesn't really benefit a pitcher to get he was like Mark McGuire. He was using it to recover from his you know, when his arm was sore or whatever. And yeah, I I've definitely I've had that conversation with people saying that Tommy John, you know, you you look at the how it's worded, performance enhancing drugs. I mean, a Tommy John surgery is basically a performance enhancer. They've turned that into – that's such a routine injury anymore. Anytime a young pitcher, like, all of a sudden their elbow starts feeling sore, it's so like, just go get Tommy John. Next thing you know, you're throwing – it's like rookie of the year. You're throwing 100 miles an hour again. Right. It's as much a performance enhancer as anything.
0: Well, what do you do, though, if you're uh, – because you guys said these uh, professional athletes, they can make their own decisions, they're human beings, but – there is proven facts out there that it, 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 could, it could shorten your life, you know, it could have a lot of other ramifications. Do you just go along with that and say, yeah, if you want to do it, do it, but what does that say for the people that don't want to jeopardize their life and they're seeing these guys on steroids pass them by? Is that just, the, just the luck of the draw and that's the choice you make?
3: It seems like yeah, that's I... why, like, in the 90s, early 2000s or whatever, some guys in baseball started juicing because, right, to that point, they were seeing these guys who weren't as good of baseball players as them getting these $100 million contracts and stuff like that because they were juicing. Yeah. So, right, they're, they're sitting here watching this dude hitting 50 home runs a year. Like, man, I'm a better baseball player than this guy. This isn't fair. But I, I guess it's just a personal choice. I mean, caffeine is as much a drug as anything, and caffeine caffeine's more addictive than nicotine, and people drink coffee every day and act like it's nothing. So caffeine is as much a – performance enhancer as anything and people don't act like that's anything taking an aspirin taking advil stuff like that's a drug too and people act like that's okay so at what what line do you draw performance enhancing drugs because people take this stuff every day and act like it's okay
0: well let me throw this out there this might be another this might be silly question number two by me tonight by the way in the uh, in the nba in the nfl i mean is marijuana still banned
2: yeah i think it is, but I feel like in the NBA, a lot of people will get away with it. Where well, it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, swept under the rug in a way.
0: Well, here's a legitimate question: Why? Why would you ban <laughs> I mean, of marijuana? Yeah, of
2: course, you bring it around this. way. Of
0: course, but I mean, the question is why? I mean, I mean, Calvin Johnson flat out came out and said he smoked weed after every game. It helped him so relax he, and recover. So is
2: it even banned? Like, did,
0: that's when what you hear I'm a saying. Story
2: like that? How can he do it after every game and never get
0: popped? Well, apparently, he never got tested.
3: Well, that's when – because, like, Josh Gordon has got – basically his whole career, and it's just – it's random drug testing. So, right, Uh, apparently, Calvin Johnson was never randomly drug tested after he was smoking, but he said he smoked after every game. So, you know, who knows?
0: Yeah. Well, you guys know I came from the the weed generation there in the 70s. Yeah, you're kind of
2: our expert. Does it stay in the system for – doesn't it stay in the system for about 30 days after you
0: do it? Well, yeah, there are ways, I guess, you can get around it. but But here's my core question. Okay. Now I don't know if you've smoked it. I don't know if Matt did. You don't have to answer, but tell me why is that a banned substance, you know, for a professional athlete? It before before Jared jumps in, I'm I'm going to
3: say this. that you you said that you're you're from the generation when weed was a little more, you know, the 60s and stuff like that a little more accepted. Yeah. That's this, this is like a deeper question we could have a whole pod about. I feel like your guys' generation, that that generation when I went through school, it was the D.A.R.E. program all the time. We were having it pounded into our heads that marijuana was a gateway drug, don't smoke weed, by the generation who grew up smoking weed all the time. So <laughs> really, like, if you, like, roll things back to there, it is like why were our parents or why were people, you know, doing the D.A.R.E. program and telling us that marijuana is this gateway drug, it's so bad, all that kind of stuff. When they grew up smoking it all the time, too.
0: Well, that's a great no, question. We, that is a great question, and definitely we, right should, right. we should dig deep into that in a future pot. I will just say this. Uh, <laughs> the, the D.A.R.E. program and, and uh, you know, maybe not preaching it to high school kids because it's really no different than alcohol, but when you're in a, a grown-ass grown ass adult, you should be able to smoke marijuana any damn time you want. <laughs>
3: Actually, sorry, Jared. I, I know I'm kind of cutting you off a lot, Jared. Actually, I think alcohol is much worse yeah marijuana. Right. Think about, would, would you rather hang out with someone who's kind of taking a few hits off a joint or someone who's drank a fifth of vodka? You know, like, be, being wasted blackout drunk is a lot worse than, you know, hitting a
0: bowl a couple times. Without a doubt. Alcohol,
2: alcohol is legal. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, Ted, you're kind of the expert in the area, so i will just kind of like defer to you. If, I'll, I'll, whatever way you stand, that's the
0: way I'll go. As you're gonna well. go my route, go. all right? Well, I'll, here's yeah, how I'll I feel. If I'm an NFL player and my body is just racked with pain, if I want to go home after the game and chill out and smoke a bowl, what is wrong with that? <laughs> you know?
2: Well, I guess what's wrong with taking steroids after the game for the same exact issue, just to be, just to have your body feel better.
0: Yeah, I'm not there I'm not really numbers. arguing that. I guess the the I think though steroids has a lot longer term effect than marijuana. I mean, if you're smoking weed, you know, yeah, is it going to affect your lungs long term? I'm sure it is. But there are other ways, to, uh, you know, you can do edibles. There's a lot of other things you can do and it, the the kind of feeling that it gives you, it's it's, it's like Matt was talking about Ty- Tylenol. I mean, it's it's a pain reliever. That's all it is.
2: I think I think the thing is with steroids though, if it became legal uh, just for, you know, everyday use and for the NFL and NBA players to use it. just like how like I feel like with the way Alex Rodriguez would do it, it was down to such a science with the guy who would give him these steroid shots that it would become it was like the business would boom and every team would have these specific steroid, you know, doctors who are just they know exactly how to do it. They know to overdoing it, exactly how much to give a person for recovery and just for other. I feel like it would it would be safe. I don't That's just my opinion.
0: Hmm. Well, I'll tell you I tell like think
2: it's one of those things we're gonna look back and be like, why weren't like there's gonna be a super generation come like my kids or something are gonna be taking steroids. Right. And I'm be like, why didn't I do that when I was a kid? Like it's, it's gonna be one of those I, things like I think we could look back on it that way.
3: I think it's something too that is even though it's banned or like like we said, Calvin Johnson was smoking. Like you said, Jared, in the NBA guys smoke weed a little bit, it's a little more swept under the rug in the NBA. But I think there is also stuff going on in the NFL steroids or whatever. That gets under the rug a little bit. I remember I, I meant to bring this up a couple weeks ago or something. I was in a meeting uh, a month or two ago with Craig McElroy, and you know he played quarterback at Alabama. Yeah. He said every day when they would go into the practice facility, each player would basically have a Dixie Cup of Pills from the team nutritionist. Not really told what they are. They would just take them and then go practice. So, you know, could it just be pain relievers? Could it just be something else? It seems like those are probably also performance enhancers, too. So, how how are you going to regulate this stuff? I guess is what it comes down to.
0: That's a great comment too, because how many college programs run the same kind of thing? You know, here here is your Dixie cup with uh, uh, nutrients or whatever they're calling them. Yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a good topic. I'll tell you one thing. I didn't expect uh this topic coming in here tonight, but I think down the road <laughs> down the road maybe we can dig a little deeper into it. Maybe get a medical expert on that can answer some of these questions. You know, it was funny, we were talking about uh, uh Megatron smoking his bowl full after games, but I remember reading way back in the day, Robert Parrish of the Celtics. He used to enjoy a, a doobie after every contest to kind of relax. <laughs> So I'm sure it was like, a lot you're more prevalent to
2: be such like a, a a hip like grandpa bowl doobie like it's just words that I don't I don't really ever hear that much it's called a joint man like,
0: Okay you know, times have changed in the 70s <laughs> well we called them joints too Jared
3: <laughs> I mean there's literally a difference between a bowl and a joint
0: Absolutely
3: yeah
0: <laughs> a, a doobie's a joint too by the way Jared I
2: think what we've learned is that Ted smoked a lot of bowls because he keeps saying bowl this, bowl that. And <laughs> you, How many times do you think you've dropped the word bowl in today's podcast?
0: I don't know. I did have a sweet water bong at one time. <laughs> <laughs> Stainless steel, baby. <laughs> oh, my god. Right, right on the
2: living room table? Right, on, right, right in
0: front of the TV? No, 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 no. That wasn't there. It was. I was out of school and out of home by then. But uh, <laughs> ah, I miss those days. <laughs>
3: <laughs> some, some people have some people have like decorative centerpieces on their dining room table teds with his water bong is that what we're
0: hearing yeah the, yeah, the, yeah. the one hit the stainless steel one hitter
2: <laughs> where did you even get one of those back in the 70s like there's not really like a shop you can go
0: to oh yeah there, not, like,
2: the, amazon how did you get
0: that? the record shops that they were head shops and sold records yeah you oh. <laughs> definitely
3: Wow. what was it like oh man i'm blanking on the one there was like duke's car stereo but what was the one in flint
0: well awaso oh, rec- had Rockarola. Rockarola records oh, that, yeah. that had them
3: and they're one of those in flint too
0: i think so yeah
3: yeah i remember going to that and like looking at cds
2: and
0: stuff sure you were sure you were you were looking at the was cds that, so
2: were those out in the open or was that like oh in the back
0: room you got to go no to the they were door. right behind a glass counter You can still go to those stores nowadays. Now that it's pretty much legal, you can go in. You know they have uh, they have stores now that sell bongs and and uh, pipes and all all kinds of accessories. It's going to be a lot more prevalent now. It's going to be legal here in Michigan.
3: Oh yeah,
2: vape vape shops are all over. I mean, gas stations sell stuff like
0: that now. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I went to the vape shop recently, and I was blown away. I went in this little vape shop in Owasso. There's like a cigar room. It was awesome. You go in, you know, it's got the I don't know what they're called, dehumidifiers de- or something. Humidifiers. <laughs> All the yeah. cigars lined up. It's 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 quite a scene. I, I was slightly aroused were, looking were, around at the cigars. Well,
0: were you in there uh, for, on a specific purpose? Apparently, huh?
2: That was for uh, faster horses. Had to get some cigars.
0: Ah, that makes. I'm cigar guy.
2: Do we like cigars? Where do we stand on cigars?
0: No, I'm not a cigar guy.
3: Eh. I oh. mean, like if it was, like you said, faster horses or like. I've smoked a couple like at uh friends' weddings. You know, something like that. Bachelor Party. That's cool, but I'm not not about to sit around and smoke a cigar.
0: <laughs> wow. well, I you know what guys, I mean, we've been talking a lot longer than you think. <laughs> we've got quite a long recording for a last minute thing. Before we get to before we end the show, unless you guys got other stuff, I was gonna throw out a couple of quick things. You know, I do high school football here in mid-Michigan we just had a big win last week St. John's upset undefeated Mason that was the game we did and I'm pretty sure we're going to be doing St. John's at DeWitt this week a matchup of neighboring rivals but you know both you guys went to Corona I want to make this I want to bring this in now a little local you went to Corona we, all three of us went to Corona and we remember the days of the old mid-Michigan B conference Matt did you play in the mid-Michigan conference it was still that
3: yeah when I was there yep
0: Okay, and Jared, uh, you what? What league were you in? Uh, the GAC. Okay, the GAC. Tennessee Athletic Conference. Well, you yeah. know, I grew up, and many years since 1950 until I don't know, the 80s or 90s, there was the Mid Michigan B Conference, and it always had, you know, the three core schools were Corona, Chesanine, and Ovid Elsie, and you know, I miss those days. And you know, they went out and they started their own league here this last year, the Mid Michigan Activities Conference, which includes Durand. You know, Mount Morris, Byron, New Lothrop, Montrose, Ovidelsi, and Chesanine. And then they also have Lakeville. Now, Lakeville has, I, I have never seen a high school that's a Class B school have such a horrendous football program as they have this year. They they haven't scored a point. They've been outscored every game you know, forty to fifty points to nothing. They forfeited a couple of games because they felt they were going to have injuries. You just don't see that in Class B school. But Otisville, Lakeville, I just don't feel fits that conference. And I really feel, and I've been on a little, little, uh, you know, soapbox on this that I'd love to see Corona somehow find their way into that league. Wouldn't it be cool to see them playing Durand and you know New Lothrop and football now? How good they are, and Ovid Elsie and Chesaning again. Yeah, I know Corona's a lot bigger. Than most of those schools, not, but don't they just fit not in? Really? Well, the, I looked it up. Corona has 612 students, and New Lothrop's the smallest school, 307.
2: That's, yes. So this is the way I. This is, and I've actually talked about this a lot with other Corona football fans. The conference that should be in our area should be Corona, Owasso, Chesaning, New Lothrop, only for football. Um, Elsie. Uh, who who else am I missing in like the Shiawassee County area? Duran, yeah, Duran. Like those six schools should be in a conference. That should be a conference. And and, and it sounds like that's a lot like what the old MMB was. It just, I don't know why. Why is that so hard to put together? Who's keeping that from happening?
0: I, oh, I'm not sure. And and again, I kind of can go along with what you came up with, but I'm, I still want Corona to play Owasso in non-conference because I don't know if the schools, I don't I don't know if those other schools in that league would go along with your scenario, especially New Lothrop in football and just football. I, I don't see them doing that. But I, th- what I laid out is if you just eliminated Lakeville out of that league and throw Corona in there, you got a great eight-team league. Corona could still play Wasso in week one, which we all feel, I think, that's when they should play him, right? And a non-conference game.
3: Yeah, I mean, kind of like, uh, Notre Dame not joining the Big Ten, but still getting to play Michigan State, Michigan, and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. And you know, obviously, I've been away from Michigan for a little bit, but from my days growing up in Corona and then playing, I think it's cool to have those close town kind of deep rivalries because that makes people want to go to those games. You've got aunts, uncles, grandparents who played in those games. You know, friends and everything who played in those Corona-Durand games or Corona versus Chessonane or whatever. And that's what makes those games cool. When you start adding these new conferences where, you know, you don't even know who these schools are, you have no history, you know, it takes a little bit of the luster away.
0: Oh, it takes a lot away in my viewpoint. I mean, it just – Go ahead, Jared. Oh, you can go ahead. No, you can go ahead. Well, I was just going to say what Matt brings up and what I've been trying to bring on the table, and you talked about it in your your format, Jared. It's just natural rivals. You're so close to each other, so your travel is not long. You're gonna you're gonna fill the stands on football games and basketball games. I mean, it's a win win in my opinion.
2: And and now that Owasso is kind of dropped enrollment, they're they're down to the class, to class B. It just makes sense to have. You know, I, I would love to see an Owasso versus Chessonine game. You know, it's just something you never really see, an Owasso over L.C., Corona. Like, just I, everyone in the, who in the Shiawassee County area would be against, you know, even if it's only a five-team conference with Corona, Duran, like I said, if you can get rid of Nealothrop, I, I guess I can agree with they probably wouldn't do just football. But just with those five teams, okay, then so what? You play four out-of-conference games. Well, I, those five games should be every single year with
0: those five schools i don't disagree you I know mean, you could put montrose in that mix because they're right on the edge of shiawassee county you know or perry no perry oh perry be the another good one
2: the shiawassee county teams perry should be in
0: it yeah well i'll tell you what this is uh this is obviously more local for people here but we have a lot of local listeners if anybody wants to maybe throw a comment out maybe some other ideas hit us up at our social media site, at three-point pod. We'd love to hear from you. And, again, I'm not against having Owasso in that mix at all. That would be okay because, like you said, their enrollment is going down closer to the other schools, and it would be cool to see an uh, Owasso-Chesanine football game or Owasso-Ovidelsi, but obviously Corona, Ovidelsi, Chesanine, Duran. It's such a natural fit. And I just hope someday that the athletic directors can get together and and maybe find room for Corona in that mix. And, um, and especially Perry. I mean, you just forget that they're even in China.
2: Whatever conference they're in, I don't know what it is. It's bad. I know that. I, it's just like, why? What did they get out of being in that conference? Come on over to our conference, Perry.
0: Yeah. And, well, maybe know, we maybe we can get them all together, them. work together, and and get this done. That'd be kind of cool. We'll we'll keep talking about it. All right. Well, before we wrap up, boys, uh, I don't know if you watched the World Series. You watched all game all the games, Game Seven, but uh, it was pretty cool to see. The Nationals win that, even though they beat Verlander and knocked them out. I like the Astros, but I thought it was pretty cool to see the Nationals win it, and uh, you know, a World Series with a visiting team won all the games.
3: Yeah, it was it was exciting, and I I definitely I'm not going to sit that act like I watched all of it. I would tune in for a little bit and then change it, you know, watch the highlights later. But it was an entertaining series. It was, you know, I think as far as TV ratings go, one of the worst of all time.
0: Was it really?
3: Yeah, it was at least one of the worst in the last, like, ten years and maybe one of the worst of all time. But, you know, it was entertaining. A lot of talent. Astros are fun, but still are the Nationals.
0: So It was fun. If you're a baseball fan, I mean, you know I'm a baseball fan. I mean, it was really Game 7 I watched every pitch, you know, and that's rare nowadays watching baseball every pitch, but it was awesome. Anytime it's a World Series, Game 7, really any any pro sport that's a game seven to win it all it's must watch tv but i think for jared's sake probably the key aspect of that world series a businessman in houston mattress (laughs) mac put 11 million dollars on the astros to win how would you like to be that guy
2: well he lost one two i thought you were going uh i thought you were going to talk about the boobs to be quite frank. I thought that was where you're going. No, on no, we talked about uh,
0: those last week.
2: Yeah, no. The the one thing that I kept thinking about once those the nationals won, and you mentioned how your daughter, Amy, is
0: going back to DC. Man, talk about leaving at the wrong time. <laughs> you're right. That
2: place, they're partying down. They're the district of champions. Yeah. The district of champions. What a nickname.
0: That is awesome. Yeah, that is a great nickname. Oh, well, they got it done, and how about, how would you like to be Bryce Harper, you know? I know that was a storyline, too. You leave the team, you know, and you moved somewhere else, and then finally that team wins the first World Series ever. Pretty amazing. Karma bit him in the ass. Karma bit him in the ass, but he, he's doing all
3: right. Yeah, he's doing a okay.
0: Of money. And, and one final thing, guys. I know we won't talk a lot about the NBA, but... Uh, the Warriors were having problems to begin with, but then Steph Curry goes down with a broken wrist. We're going to see what some of the backups can do there, huh?
3: Backups, including Jordan Poole and Glenn Robinson, the third. Yeah. The former Wolverines. And then Draymond Green like, tore some ligaments in one of his fingers, so he's out for a couple weeks or something. So Wow. Yeah, the last basically like six or eight games for the Warriors, Durant, Clay Thompson, you know Durant Leeds, Steph Curry, they've, they've kind of fallen apart a little bit.
0: Now, you guys are more of the NBA uh, NBA experts than I am, especially this time of the year. What's the biggest storyline right now? Uh, as we I mean, sp-
3: honestly, it might be that.
0: Okay. Yeah.
3: I mean, I the think Warriors because- were expected, you know, maybe to dip off a little bit because Clay Thompson, you know, was hurt. But just completely falling apart like this, that that might be the biggest storyline.
2: It, it really is because, for me, it's from what I remember from the NBA, they've basically been the last six years, you know, just the Warriors dynasty. Everything's about Steph Curry and, you know, Ayesha Curry and his baby coming to the <laughs> postgame presser. And I know that you're not supposed to root for injuries, but it's just, it's like, it's just human nature. I don't know. When you see, because I'm such a LeBron fan, that finally seeing that dynasty just collapse and crumble just kind of made me happy. And, and, and I felt guilty being happy, but I, that's just what I was. Full disclosure, him being injured, I'm happy about
0: it. Yeah, and talk about and collapse. That's the perfect word because uh, you know they're not going to do any damage. They're not going to make the playoffs, and uh, but we'll see if they reload again next year if they're healthy. So stay tuned.
3: Oh yeah, that that's the thing. I mean, as long as, it was it was Curry's non-shooting hand, so I mean he should be okay. Clay Thompson tore ACL, so you don't know how he's going to come back. So like, once they all get healthy. We're still going to have a lot of talent. Yeah, I don't. I don't think like the dynasty is over. Maybe just for this year.
0: All right. Pistons well, though. The Pistons are looking solid. Ah, yeah. My main man, the guy I didn't even know that much about. How great he was, <laughs> Andre Drummond. No, no, the guard, Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose. Oh, well, he deserved.
2: Well, Andre Drummond's been the real story. Well, Drummond's he's played been the first well. He for 150 points and 125 rebounds, the first one. I asked us to do that since like Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Yeah. Or something like that as a set I saw. He's con- playing incredible.
0: It's a contract I, year, right? My hopes are contract yeah. year?
3: Contract year, yep. And he said he's going to test for and Waters, so Pittsons have
0: to pay up for him. Well, they better get it going, get Griffith back, and, uh, you know, make a run this year. But they're playing pretty well, I have to say. <laughs> now,
2: now, let's be honest here. Have any of us tuned into a game?
0: Yeah, I have. Oh, okay. I haven't Part watched the whole game, but I've tuned into. I watched uh, opening night. I tuned in there, and I I've watched a couple times. I've flipped it over and watched for a while. Yeah, I haven't. Okay,
2: <laughs> it was just kind of sad to say. I should. I mean, they're good. But yeah. Once they're actually winning games, you know, they're giving us. I mean, for them to beat the Brooklyn Nets without a with Derrick Rose, Reggie Jackson, and I don't even know who the third string point guard, but he was out as well. Yeah. To beat them without a point guard, when you have Kyrie Irving on the other side of the ball, like just take some guts. Yeah. I mean. We, when we, we bash on the Lions and we watch the Lions time and time again, maybe it's time to start watching the Pistons some more.
0: I think it is. You better watch now because it could change later in the yes, season. That's Pretty true.
2: Very true. So enjoy it right
0: now. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm thinking about maybe going to a Piston game here in the near future. Like I like the arena down there, you know, and uh, I would, it'd be kind of fun to go watch a Piston game to just see what it's all about at, at Little Caesars. I haven't been to a game there yet.
3: Yeah, and you can you could catch a t-shirt being thrown by the owner of the
0: team. There you go. <laughs> Everybody out there, follow us, send your comments to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Three Point Pod. Subscribe, rate us on all the big podcasting sites, including Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all the others. Support our three point podcast partners, Advanced Elevator, Shared in Realty and Auction. Uh, rivals Taphouse and Grill, the Corona Connection, Card Service Michiana, and pro Engineering. Also be sure to check out our network friends, Z92.5 The Castle and Sports Radio Detroit. This has been a Sportsnet Radio Network production recorded at the WJSZ Studios in Owasso, Michigan. Thanks again for listening to and supporting 3 Point Podcast
1: been the kind of guy girls mamas don't lie running with the wrong crowd on the wrong nights cause i've been wrong about a million times but i got one thing right you i've been at the wrong place at the wrong time chasing all the wrong things most of my life Been every kind of loss that you can't find but i got one thing